Hey, Bob WP, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by Weglot, announcing their WordPress global sponsorship for meetups and WordCamps in 2022. And orderable.com by Iconic WP for the next restaurant client that is looking for a feature-filled build. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in this show, but let's dive into the conversation here. This one came from someone asking on Twitter, why are there no WooCommerce alternatives? And that meant apples to apples. Not the SaaS products out there, but something that can go head-to-head with Woo as a plugin. Welcome to another episode of Do the Woo. We're going to be talking today about uh, WooCommerce and WooCommerce competitors. I have a couple of great guests here with me today to help talk about this. Uh, we have Topher, who I think most of you know, uh, but Topher DeRosha is here with us today from Grand Rapids. Uh, how are you doing today, Topher? I'm doing great. I'm having a good time. Uh, we're joined by Luke Carbis and Luke, uh, how are you doing today? I'm perfect, Zach. So we brought both of you on because we wanted to talk about this. Why isn't there a competitor to WooCommerce yet, <laughs> right? What is it that sets WooCommerce apart from the solutions that have, that existed before it and the ex- the solutions that people have tried to build after it, right? And why do we think that WooCommerce has the groundswell that it does in comparison to the other options? I mean, let's let's start at the beginning and answer some of the, some of those first questions that you asked, which is where did WooCommerce come from, and what happened to the people who came before? And the, and I guess I've been involved in e-commerce in the WordPress space since way back when I was writing plugins for. WP e-commerce. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I do as well. I hated it so bad I could hardly stand it. <laughs> right. It was it was buggy. Like every release yeah. broke. And it was a plugin that it was the only e-commerce plugin. And it was a plugin people love to hate. And uh, it was great for me as a contractor because every new release I'd have plenty of good work <laughs> fixing people's broken websites. But after WP Commerce came Jigo Shop, and I remember spending months and months porting all of my plugins oh, yeah. to Jigo Shop, and yep. uh, it, was, it was exciting because Jigo Shop was really well built. It was uh, the really nice code base, lots of uh, hooks and filters. And while Jigo Shop was uh, around when it first released. There were, let's say there were rumors, there was some buzz that WooCommerce, sorry, that Woo Themes, rather, Woo Themes had been working on something in the background and was yet to unveil their big e-commerce thing that they'd been working on for ages and ages. There was all this buzz around it. And then one day, it was, it was probably maybe like six to 12 months after Jigo Shop released, WooCommerce was launched by WooThemes, and it was a direct fork of Jigoshop with nothing but the name changed. And I remember, uh, I, I have this sort of like visceral memory of being like mind-blown moment 
of just literally doing a find replace in my plugins, changing J-I-G-O underscore and replacing it with W-O-O underscore and all my plugins worked. And I was like, great, all right, well, I guess I'll sell for all three of these platforms now. <laughs> right. That's, uh, to me, that's how, how we got started. And I think really the only reason it got uh, the initial bit of support that it did was because there was already a lot of GigoShop out there, a lot of GigoShop support that was easy to port over. And the Woo Themes team had a, a name behind them. They were like a trusted brand, whereas the Jigo team was kind of new on the scene. And WP Commerce was really buggy. What year was that that, that Woo Commerce came out? Uh, it would have been late 2011, I think. Okay, so I got into to WordPress about 2010, and I was trying out e-commerce. I tried WP e-commerce. I tried a, a theme called WordPress. It came out of Minneapolis. That was an e-commerce theme that it just had all the functionality rolled into the theme side. And I had never heard of Jigoshop until the Woo thing. Um, I was like, oh, oh, it's a four. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think there are a couple of really important distinctions we can make in a minute there. I'll let you finish there, but let's come back to that. Well, we were also talking about uh, competitors. And around that time, maybe not long after that, I was chatting with a friend of mine named Pippin, and he wanted to sell his plugins. And he didn't like the way Wu did digital at the time. And so he said, I think, I think I'm just going to write my own little script here. And it won't do much. It'll just sell my plugins. And I said, oh, okay, that's cool. And uh, three months later, I'm like, hey, how's it going? He goes, oh, <laughs> I think I'm into something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a few months later, Easy Digital Downloads was released. <laughs> that was, is it a direct competitor? It's an e-commerce competitor. It's a plugin. I'd, I'd classify it so, yeah. Yeah, I'd call it a competitor. Yeah, but it, of course it didn't. It didn't do any shipping or anything like that. They started down that road and then ripped it back out. They didn't want to do that. You're talking in past tense, but I think it's important to mention that EDD is still around. It doesn't get the kind of support and updates that it used to. It sort of seems maybe relegated to the back bench a little, but it's great. I use it for a lot of stuff. I, Zach, do you disagree? So I think uh, as far as EDD goes, I know they've been working on a major version update uh, for a while now. I'm so happy to hear that. And you know, it's uh, we had we had J Trip on a couple uh, a couple episodes ago for our dev chat, so um, we were able to talk with him a little bit about that and uh, some of the development things that he's worked on, um, namely a, a library that he worked on for wrapping custom tables in. WordPress, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of work has come from that and moving into more custom tables in EDD, which is kind of nice to see. I think part of the issue with EDD becoming less popular than it used to be, I don't even know if it's less popular, just less known. Um, for a long time, it was really kind of the only good digital e-commerce platform. Then Woo got at least decent at it and is now pretty good at it. And if you want to sell anything physical, then then EDD is not an option. 
So somebody who might have used DDD in the past is now going to go, oh, I want to sell a hat along with my podcast. Well, okay, then we're on move. Maybe notable that that's my reaction hearing hearing about WooCommerce. Uh, and I think it's got a bit of a reputation of being, well, what else are you going to use? I mean, I think that's part of it. I think the other, the other unfortunate things that we've seen are um, really bad information out there about what it can or cannot do. And the reality is it can do pretty much anything as long as you architect it right. <laughs> the key part is architecting it right. Yeah. You know, and that's not easy to do all of the time. So I think that's part of the the reason why it has the popularity that it does. But before we get into that, I just want to go back and, and talk about the fork of Jigashop that uh, Woo Themes did in 2011 and how both Coster and Jolly were Jigawatt employees and they were offered a job by Woo Themes to come and work on e-commerce at WooThemes. They built, as the core developers of Jigashop, everything that was, that Jigashop was. WooThemes offered to buy the copyright at that time to Jigashop so that they could just take over the project. And Jigawatt re- rejected that offer. So that's why we ended up with a different plugin. Uh, that's a really important piece of this whole thing. Uh, they did offer to collaborate and that was rejected. So rather than it all just being Jigoshop, they forked the code base and branded it as WooCommerce. So yeah, it's, it is a little hard to understand from outside of the open source perspective because not a lot of people understand how forks even happen. So yeah, uh, but getting back to the other piece, if you're looking to sell physical products, yes, WooCommerce has been the solution in the WordPress space for a while. There have been other options, right? And we can talk about those a little bit. We can talk about things like Equid or uh, the big commerce plugin for WordPress or uh, any of these other things that have allowed for physical product sales in the WordPress space. Uh, there was even a, I believe, uh, a Shopify buy button plugin that was built way back in the day by uh, the team over at Web Dev Studios, and you know that allowed people to add things to a Shopify cart. It wasn't the greatest interaction because they still were completely separate stores, but they're separate sites. The store was a separate URL. But there's, a, there's another one called WP Shopify that's much much more modern. And it's a, it is, I would equate it with the big commerce one. I think you could put plugins, e-commerce plugins for WordPress into two buckets. One is where the plugin tries to do all of the store management orders, all of your product descriptions, all of that sort of thing inside of the WordPress admin. And the other is where there's some separate service, separate site, separate SaaS where you do all of your e-commerce management and then use WordPress to uh, embed, essentially, your products in your cart. Yes, I would agree. I think Woo is the only one that's not that SaaS thing. But I, I feel strongly that it is moving that direction and that eventually they all will be. Have you ever come across WP EasyCart? 
Yes, I have. So that's sort of maybe I'm just like uh, ruining my little idea here, but it's kind of a hybrid of the both of both. Yeah. It's both a SaaS, but it's also management inside of WordPress. I think I think they're all going to get to the point where all the heavy lifting is on a different server than your web server, and I and I like that. I do too, because at the end of the day, WordPress it was built as a blogging platform. Yeah. It's a content management system and all of the metaphors, all the layout in WordPress is about putting your content uh, in the prime position and Gutenberg is heading even more so in that direction. Uh, and when it comes to e-commerce, it's a very different paradigm, right? Orders don't make sense in where having a content first, first approach Products kind of do, but they're so reliant on other metadata aspects. And from the beginning, the interface for e-commerce in the WordPress admin always felt jammed in. It always felt like hacked together to try and make it work, to me anyway. Now, WooCommerce is getting better at that. And I think as WordPress becomes more more reacty, reactful, I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's some sort of verb there uh it opens more opportunities to do that sort of thing but at the end of the day i think that a purpose-built e-commerce ui is going to win above something that's been sort of shoved into the wordpress admin interestingly uh, i don't know if you've ever used big commerce but the first time i ever logged in there my first thought was wow somebody really likes wordpress it felt very much like WordPress. And then they built a visual, a visual page builder and it looked exactly like Gutenberg. I thought, oh my goodness. Uh, and they, they started working on it before Gutenberg. So it's not like they were ripping it off. It's just, that's just how you build a visual page builder. And, uh, yeah. and I was very surprised how similar they all are. Yeah, I think that that's a big part of it. Uh, one of the big things that I've been, you know, talking about with WooCommerce for what half a decade, if not more, at this point, right? Since probably 2014, at this point, is making WooCommerce do as little as possible, other than what it does at its core. Yeah, and that's how you keep it efficient and running well in its current state. You know that that sort of flies in the face of if you go out and ask people why they choose WooCommerce over any of the competitors that every time, not most of the time they'll tell you it's because of the ecosystem. Yeah. It's because there's so many plugins I can make it do whatever. And, but, but you're absolutely right. Which is the less WooCommerce handles, the more efficient, the faster your site will be. Yeah. And that's, that's for a number of reasons. It's one, the fact that post queries are stupidly slow. And so accessing orders or even products uh, is, is very difficult at times uh, if you have really complex queries. And so then the, the size of your database server matters a lot. But what does that mean when you're on a shared hosting environment where you have no control over your database server and it's in the same location as the web server? So it really, in its current iteration, doesn't lend itself to scaling to 
the, the types of levels that I've dealt with without really looking at that separation of concerns. And there are plenty of plugins that separate concerns well, right? There are things like the shipping plugins that connect to a third-party SaaS. Those separate concerns really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not the norm in the space. And some of the things that WooCommerce is invested in at this point are not that. MailPoet is not that. WooCommerce Payments is not that, right? It's bringing more functionality into the admin than outside of the admin. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. Weglot is known as an industry standard in the WordPress space to help builders turn client sites into multilingual shops. And as a supporter of the larger WordPress community, they are proud to announce their global sponsorship of 2022 WordPress events. With this sponsorship, I know they can continue to build long-lasting relationships and make new connections with the community and with you, the Woo Builders. So I say kudos to Weglot for this larger support to the ecosystem and make sure at the next event you attend to find them and say hi. You can learn about them at weglot.com and to read more about their global sponsorship. If you have a need for a restaurant plugin for your clients or for your own site, Iconic WP brings you Orderable. Unlike the third-party services out there, you will have no per-transaction fees. The order management is slick and brings an app-like experience to the customer. It easily works with all paid builders and it's configurable for time slots, holiday scheduling, layouts, and product add-ons. For the latter, think of pizza toppings or side dishes. Great add-ons. And from my own experience, the support you get via Iconic WP and Stiller WP is top of the line. Simply go to orderable.com to get you or your client's restaurant online. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. Now, one of the things we wanted to make sure we did here is we wanted to make sure we were comparing apples to apples. But are there other apples? What is actually something that's a direct competitor to WooCommerce as it sits right now? We've mentioned that in the digital download space, EDD has been and will continue to be a competitor in that space. And if you need to do software licensing or any of those things, EDD does that really, really well. And there are really big marketplaces that run on top of EDD. I think you have to mention WP EasyCon. They have a pricing strategy that I think puts it out of reach of a lot of people. They have a, like a free-ish tier that's a 2% of your uh, e-commerce store revenue, which is interesting. Um, but doesn't make sense above, you know, fourteen hundred dollars a month or so. <laughs> so uh, I haven't had a lot of time with that plugin, but it it seems to be directly taking Woo on. Yeah, that's definitely one that I I saw in my research for this episode. Um, there's also a sneak peek I found of something that Adam from Cartflows and Presto Player has been working on. Uh, that's called Surecart. And that's a headless commerce platform 
with subscriptions and trials and prorated upgrades and downgrades and donations and one-time payments and sales tax. And right now they have Stripe and PayPal support, but they're working on Mercado and Razorpay and Molly and Paystack, all of those other things. As a SaaS, is that an Apple though? It's So it's a plugin and a SaaS, right? So it's providing the full solution. Does the SaaS exist without the plugin? No. In this case, I would say it's kind of a hybrid of an Apple, right? Okay. And then we have one that, in full disclosure, I've done a little bit of work on called North Commerce. And if you haven't seen North Commerce, it really is looking to be a direct competitor to WooCommerce. The interesting thing we're seeing is this groundswell that's happening now is because WooCommerce has gotten as big as it has, where now we're starting to see this focus on some of what we have been seeing for years, but has not been as large of a priority simply because it was not as visible. And I think that's really interesting. But it it looks like from what we're seeing here, WooCommerce doesn't have a lot of direct competition in the physical product space yet. Do you think, Zach, that there is a market opportunity? Do you think that there's enough people out there who are going to say, look, Tofa, Zach, listen, I just want to sell a couple products, mate. You know, I, I, don't, I don't ask for a lot. I just want a simple e-commerce store. I don't want to have to install this giant behemoth of a code base that does everything and I need an installer, you know, that that prompts me to install a couple of dozen extra plugins and this and that and the other. I just want a simple theme. Give me a simple plugin and a simple payment gateway and we can call it a day. Yeah, I think there's room for that. Normally I would I would have said yes, except for the fact that Within the last five years, we had it. It was iThemes Commerce. It was simple. It, it was exactly what you just described. And it did not sell. I know uh, uh, iThemes got rid of it. And the people that bought it gave it a go. And it didn't work. It just wasn't the market for it. That's really interesting. Now, they were trying to make a business from this. They were trying to make money off of it. If some bloke just threw it up on the repo and left it, maybe maybe that would work, you know? I've, I've been dabbling on this idea for a little while. Tell me what you think. Uh, it's a bit of that hybrid approach, right? It's not apples to apples. Where, you know, Stripe, it has a whole e-commerce solution built into it, right? You can specify your products in Stripe and manage your orders in Stripe. And it doesn't do everything that big commerce and Shopify and WooCommerce do, but it does enough. So I've been just working. I I had this thought like, what is the most simple possible e-commerce plugin? If we got rid of as much as as we could, what's the most simple thing? And it's got to be Gutenberg first. That's, That's what I'm all about. And I realized that all we really need is a button, a block that puts in your uh, Stripe button and you just, in your settings for it, you just specify, oh, this is the product from the Stripe API, right? 
and it buys the product. You can enter in the product image as a block or a pattern in your uh, in your editor. You can set it out however you like, but the plugin itself doesn't do any of that. Maybe it adds a nice extra custom block in there for you to make it easy, but it's essentially just a button. Why doesn't that does that exist? Well, isn't that what the PayPal buy buttons have been for years? Yeah, the Shopify buy button pretty much does the same thing too, right? But I think the problem with solutions like that and the reason that they don't catch on is because people want the ability to have a persistent cart. Oh, yeah. Even in smaller stores. And so those solutions don't always gain the traction that they could because of the lack of a persistent piece. And if you were able to do that and have a persistent cart on the the WordPress side that then transferred all of the details of the full order, I think you might have something on your hands. That's interesting. Yeah, that'd be a fun approach, eh? Yeah. Take on the big guns. There you go. Now yeah. you know what you're doing yeah. this summer. <laughs> <laughs> the summer project. Right. Um, so... Mate, summer's still months away. That's true. You could have it by summer. It, it might happen. So I guess, you know, what's realistic then? If if we've defined that there are competitors and that just recently some of them have started to emerge, but none of them are at the groundswell or the level where WooCommerce as a, as a platform is, what's realistic? Is, is there a space for a direct competitor that tries to do everything? Or are we looking at a situation where the best solution right now to compete is to niche down further and be a specialty plugin the way GiveWP is to EDD? I, I think that it's worth saying that the the solution that we, we in earlier in the conversation that the outcome we're all zeroing in on, but we never actually said out loud is that maybe at a certain scale, you've got to be a SaaS in order for it to make sense. I would agree completely. Yeah. Right. So, so like we see examples with the SaaSes, you know, they, they're the only real competitors to WooCommerce. And then we also agree that WooCommerce is becoming more and more SaaSified. And so maybe at a certain scale, it needs to be a SaaS. So I think that's, that's one part of the puzzle. There's a, a slightly different angle. I was at uh, WordCamp Europe in Berlin, and I interviewed Morton Rand Hendrickson. And he made the case, and I, I think I might agree with him, that transactions should never occur on your web server or on a web server that you control or set up yourself or had anything to do with. The risk is so much higher than setting up a, an email list plugin, your chances of losing the credit card data of 10,000 people, that's such a bigger risk than just having your site defaced. You know what I mean? And so he was saying that e-commerce should only be done by a professional, a SaaS. But then... As you know, he loves WordPress. And so he was really liking the direction big commerce is taking where you use WordPress to make it look nice and arrange how things lay out and move around and all that kind of stuff. 
the things like transactions and taxes and shipping and all of that are handled by professionals who know how to handle the security and data integrity and all that kind of stuff. So it makes me then ask, should we have a competitor for Woo? Or should Woo instead change itself to become more like Shopify and big commerce and get it out of WordPress altogether? Only if we've got an, another product available for people who don't want a uh, huge scale store. There's got to be something out there for people who don't who want to self-host and who aren't concerned about massive scale. And Woo solves that at the moment. And I'm, and like we've talked about, there doesn't seem to be anything else out there. As for the transaction piece, I definitely know what you're talking about. Thankfully, a lot of the credit card data is safe because of that's how payment processing works. But the amount of uh, e-commerce clients that I probably still could log into their website <laughs> because they never you know, took off the admin roles for me when I've been doing support work for them, whatever it is, and just being able to download lists of client data yeah that's 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 a bit of a problem but i think you'll have that anywhere where you go even on it yeah i mean even on shopify or big commerce if i'm a partner agency and i'm managing stores i can log into them with a single click and get at the same data (laughs) in most cases and i think the the important distinction here is you know Yes, it's important not to have the transactional piece happening on your website. And that's precisely why we recommend plugins for payment on WooCommerce that use hosted pay pages because it is significantly harder by orders of magnitude for a hosted pay page to be scraped than other solutions, right? So Stripe by default in WooCommerce uses a hosted pay page. Uh, WooCommerce payments does uh, even PayPal, you know, in, in the default configuration advanced will use a hosted pay page, whereas standard redirects you to the PayPal website. So I don't think that's as much of a concern as, you know, it seems to be when you look at it. So coming back to WooCommerce, as much as I love to hate it, and I, re- I really do love to hate it. Uh, I wouldn't want to see it go away. I'd love to see it change in a number of ways, but for it to become completely SaaS, completely inaccessible to people who want to self-host uh, without any sort of reliance on, on third parties, without any open source, then I think that would be a real shame. And so I'm glad. I'm glad WooCommerce exists. and. I think maybe we can use this episode as a bit of a flag and say, hey, where are the competitors? We want to see some more competitors. I think there's opportunities, really, for competitors. There's got to be more people out there like me who just, I won't even start an e-commerce website because I know that I want to self-host it and I don't want to use WooCommerce. And so I'm just not going to do it. (laughs) Makes sense. I think that's fair. Um, (laughs) I... I seem to have uh, a desire to work on the hardest WooCommerce problems in the industry, which is uh, a lot of fun, you know, scaling to uh, shark, tra- shark Tank traffic levels and dealing with the uptime of uh, million-person email lists. You know, that's, uh, that's the kind of stuff that I, I enjoy. Um, 
it's fun trying to find solutions to that to me. Yeah. Not everybody loves that chase of trying to make WooCommerce work at that level. Well, there's a difference too, isn't there, Zach, between being a WooCommerce developer, being someone who knows their way around how to set up a WooCommerce site, create add-ons for WooCommerce, that sort of thing, and actually running a store day-to-day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the differentiating factors in how I market myself. I've worked in e-commerce businesses. I've packed and shipped orders. I've set up um, picking strategies and, and warehouse designs and all of the things that most people who are just working as developers in the e-commerce space haven't really done. And I believe that having been in the trenches doing that with a company as it was growing and then with other larger companies that did millions of dollars in sales per month, um, I got a glimpse into what what integrations work really well in, in a large-scale e-commerce operation where you need to look at things like enterprise resource planning or shipping management or inventory management solutions that are outside of the platform and really looking at architecting the full solution rather than just the solution for what the front end of the website looks like. I remember my first few months at Big Commerce. Um, my only experience with e-commerce people were people like Woo users who kind of really un- un- had a vague idea of what was going on. PHP, Word, web servers, you know, SSL, that kind of stuff. And I was meeting people with decades of e-commerce experience who had untold wisdom about how to sell online and all that stuff and had the faintest clue how it actually worked under the hood. And it blew my mind that 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 was a thing, that you could be amazing at e-commerce and have no idea how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting observation. Uh, I find that a lot of store owners are jacks of all trades, right? They have to know a little about the product side. They have to know a little about the marketing side, the social media side, the a little about the architecture side of, you know, how to uh, build a website, but they don't have to know all the intimate details, right? Yeah. And they can get really far on their own without knowing those details. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, it's really interesting to see the industry continue to change and continue to grow. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens as WooCommerce starts to release custom tables and we see more of what WooCommerce is doing with Gutenberg and mm-hmm. uh, some of the other things that are on the horizon that they've talked about publicly. I'm really interested to see where the platform goes. And I really want to see where these potential competitors land. So with that being said, we're kind of running out of time here. So why don't we uh, give both you, Luke, and, and you, Topher, a chance to have a final comment and just let everybody know where they can find you on the internet. So Luke, go ahead. So you can find me at Carbus, uh, C-A-R-B dot I-S. And I'm not really on social media. So please feel free to email me. Uh, my email address is luke at C-A-R-B dot I-S. And uh, always reply to all my emails and would love to engage with you that way. My my final thought on the matter is that I think there's enormous opportunity, especially 
at uh, for for the long tail of websites that don't have a, a requirement to operate at huge scale, and especially in niche markets. All right, you can find me. I'm Tover. You can find me at uh, Tover T O P H E R, the number one Kenobi K E N O B E on pretty much every social platform out there. Twitter's the one I'm on most, so that's where you'll find me most. I'm on a ton of Slacks, uh, most of the WordPress ones. I'm on the big commerce developer Slack, you can find me there if you want to talk e-commerce. I work for Canberra Creative. We do e-commerce on a wide variety of platforms, so you can look us up there. Yeah, it, my belief is that uh, e-commerce is going SaaS, and I don't know if we will long-term see small open-source e-commerce platforms. You know, um, I'm really interested to see where these other solutions like Sharecart and North Commerce and WP Easy Cart and all of these others too. that are in the space adjacent to WooCommerce go from here. Uh, I think it's a space to keep an eye on. And I think, uh, you know, I thank you both for joining me to have this conversation about a topic that's both very important, but also, I think, not talked about enough. So I really appreciate your time today. No problem. Happy to be here. See you soon, Zen. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. Make sure and say hi to the team at Weglot a WordPress global sponsor at your next meetup or WordCamp as they step up to support the community we all know and love. And orderable.com by Iconic WP, the ultimate WooCommerce restaurant plugin for your client's site with a slick order management and an app-like experience for their customers. Do make sure and stay on top of everything. Do the woo. You can find ways to subscribe in any way, shape, or form over at do the woo.io slash subscribe. Until the next time, keep on doing the woo.